0: You're listening to the Prairie Town Basement Sessions. I'm your host, Ian Krochak. Hello, folks. Thank you so very much for joining me on this week's episode of the Prairie Town Basement Sessions, where we interview supremely talented singer songwriters from across the world. Well, I'm back in the saddle with another season of the podcast. All the naysayers and doubters said it wouldn't be possible. No, I'm just joking. No one said that. I think I released my last episode in September. So over the last few months, I've had the opportunity to write some new music, do a little performing, and then reflect on some changes to the podcast format, which I guess was inevitable. Uh, When I started the podcast, I came out of the gate pretty quickly, swinging. And after a couple seasons of releasing podcasts every week, I realized that uh, this is probably not sustainable. How do I find a way to continue to deliver new content to everybody? Uh, and yet still have some sustainable model where I can still focus on some other things as well. So uh, it is a lot of work, you know, you're setting up the interviews, conducting the interviews, editing and then promotion, uh, and then releasing at that frequency is is a lot. So, I do remain committed to bringing you new content, maybe just not as often. Anyways, enough of me rambling on. I'm super excited for you to hear this week's Season 3 premiere interview justine giles is a wonderful singer-songwriter based in alberta canada originally from ontario justine is a seasoned artist with many tools in her proverbial artist toolkit justine's music is a wonderful blend of pop country and folk i think that is why it's so darn relatable when you listen to it without sounding too familiar if you know what i mean after listening to a few first lines of any of her songs you can immediately get the feeling that she takes a significant amount of pride in crafting meaningful lyrics to string true stories together. So this is actually taken from her website. So it talks about her drawn on the rich and honest songwriting tradition of Marin Mornis, Cheryl Crow, Casey Musgraves. Definitely you hear that in her songs for sure. Justine has been profiled on, on the Marilyn Dennis show is also named Calgary's representative in the Jim Beam virtual national talent search in conjunction with Canadian Music Week. So she's released singles. She's a sought after performer in the local scene. And you know what? And on social media, she has a strong presence, uh, very strong command of visual mediums and her ability to bring listeners and followers along her journey. You also notice that Justine is an incredible performer who stands out with her impeccable voice and clever stage presence. Uh, all of these attributes undoubtedly have led to a great deal of success for her on the streaming platforms, podcasts, blogs, awards, and concert venues. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Justine Giles. Hey Justine, welcome to the Prairie Down Basement Sessions. How are you doing?
1: I'm well, how are you?
0: Good, good. You're from, uh, in Alberta right now, right?
1: Yes, I am in Calgary.
0: Cool. So that's not where you're from though, right? You, uh, How long have you been out there?
1: I moved out here late 2019, like right before the world shut down. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm born and raised in Sudbury actually. And uh, it was a great place to grow up and then lived in Montreal for a bit and Toronto. And yeah, I mean, I've always loved the West Coast. So it was always mm-hmm. part of my plan to get closer to the the mountains and the ocean and what have you. So it took some time, but I eventually just, yeah, made the big move.
0: Very cool. So so thanks for coming on. I'm a huge fan of yours. I, I've been following you on social media probably for I don't know, probably maybe a year and a half kind of thing. And uh, I think like many of us, we found other artists uh, on Instagram or Facebook, their story resonates with you and you just start following them. And so when I started this podcast a year ago, you're definitely one of the folks that I would have wanted to talk to So thanks for being on. I really appreciate that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. It's, um, it's an interesting part of the job, like sharing stuff on social media. And I think Mm -hmm. we live in a time where people show a lot of exciting things and highlights and it's hard to connect with people from that vantage point sometimes so I try to show behind the scenes and it's cool to connect with people that have followed me for a while because they can kind of witness the journey and the ups and downs and, and that's what I love about it. it is just finding those genuine connections with people on social media but also like at shows and stuff and it's cool when you meet people in person eventually that you connected with originally on Instagram like Instagram yeah. can really be a cool touch point
0: You seem to have like a real mastery over it, though. Like you know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) and I don't know if that just comes natural or you have to work at it. But you, you definitely have a a real mastery over just um, being very engaging, right? Like you mentioned, uh, you're bringing people along for your journey. I think that's that's kind of how I perceive you. Yeah. You know, the, the the you're not hiding behind. Uh, funny quotes. And it's, it's you front and center You're often doing lots of video posts of yourself. And yeah, um, and even at at the times when you're probably feeling vulnerable. So I just tell me a little bit about how how you kind of have fallen into that kind of naturally.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I mean, I appreciate when people can acknowledge it and bring it to me and, and talk about it. So I'm glad that you're bringing this up. Because I don't know, I don't really know how I fell into that. I think it's just a part of something that I naturally do, like on stage, I love to play for audiences that are like theater audiences or or coffee shop audiences, like people that are really engaged and want to hear stories about the songs, you know, like as a story, I feel like as a singer songwriter, I'm kind of a storyteller and sharing that part of me has always been just a big part of what I do. So it's not really just about showing up and entertaining, like that's, it's part of the job, but I feel like a bigger part of my purpose is just kind of sharing my life experiences and sharing the journey. So I really just kind of take the vlogger approach and and document mm-hmm. like behind the scenes. Like the reality is that I think the world needs more of it. And maybe that's why I do it because I'd like to witness more of it. It's it's just real life. There's yep. There's ups and downs. It's not picture perfect. And whether you're working on a project or you're just going through life, it's not constantly going to be on the up and up. And that's something that's really dangerous with social media. I think for everybody but even for the younger generations right they're seeing this instant gratification of like this is this new thing it's super exciting and everything comes together overnight and i'm just like it doesn't realistically happen like that even recording one one song can take months and months and months of time and people see it like oh it's released and they think it just happened like that and it's like it doesn't work like that so I just try to be honest about my journey, and it's uh, it's a it's a weird thing to navigate. Like I have to set some boundaries too, and try to keep some Mm -hmm. stuff sacred and private in my life. But I also think it's so important just to show people the reality of being an artist and being a human being. Like there there are good times, but there's bad times, and there's grief, and there's things to overcome, and life is unexpected too. So. I think it's important to just be honest about that stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people. So so you talked about your storytelling. So where did this kind of, I know this is kind of a canned question, but like, where did this whole music thing start for you?
1: I think when I was a kid, to be honest, I mean, I was always writing poetry and was an observer. So I always found inspiration in little things and in little moments and in conversations with people. I was always really intrigued with poetry and lyric writing and story writing and loved English classes, you know, so Mm -hmm. I was really drawn to it from a from a young age. And I think it was a mix of things. I think it was a mix of just kind of being born into it and being born with certain abilities like I feel like writing is a gift. And it's a craft that you can hone as well. But I think that's one of my gifts that I have. <laughs> and I I think coming into a family that's fairly musical. My dad's a musician and was touring a lot when I was mm. growing up. So I saw him doing it and it was very much a part of my life that I didn't think twice about. And also my teachers, like I've brought this up in a few different interviews, but I really think that those people shape your life majorly. Like I was so fortunate to grow up with teachers that just cherished the arts and we did theater productions. And even if I didn't want to be front and center, like they still invited me to have that space and to lead my class in song or to like, be invited to audition for something, even if I didn't necessarily think I was cut out for it. People saw that in me and gave me a platform to do it. And I'm so grateful for that looking back because I don't know, those those moments just really made me who I am.
0: Yeah, they definitely leave a, an impression. Actually, i was just tell my 10-year-olds, my 10-year-olds learning recorder at school, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> And, uh, and I just remember like when he's trying to read the notes and the, you know, the short notes and then the whole notes and stuff, and I'm, I'm using the expression, whole notes and I'm a musician, but I don't use the word whole note when I'm like talking to a producer, but that's been instilled in me at a very young age from my music teacher and who happened to be my neighbor. But she really left an impression for me and you, ne- you never forget that kind of stuff. So, so, you have those, that support system when you're younger and, and that people are modeling being musicians. And what were you listening to? Like, what, what are some of your influences?
1: Yeah, I remember, I mean, when I was growing up, there was so much good music in the 90s, majorly into like Alanis Morissette, which is funny because I was really young at the time. I I probably had like a Lion King (laughs) comforter on my bed, but my... You know, my uncle had Jagged Little Pill on CD and like that was the coolest thing at the time. Uh, And people like Amanda Marshall and all the Lilith Fair girls, you know, like everyone from Sheryl Crow to Sarah McLachlan to like Nelly Furtado. I mean, there was just so many empowered women during that time just writing their own songs and finding their way in the industry. And I think that was super inspiring for me. was growing up listening to that stuff yeah and of course i love the boy bands too like you know in sync was my first concert and whatever and that stuff was fun but there was a lot of great singer-songwriters that came up at that time
2: saw a little girl walking down the street she had your eyes they were kind but her hair wasn't brown like mine reminded me to spend my days just being fine and I maybe start erasing the underlines Cause I have to admit that Every now and then From time to time Man, I wish I was yours And you were mine I hope we never have to pay for our silent crimes We write each other letters between the lines But I know We're better I
0: so it's funny you mentioned Alanis Morissette and so I I was looking listening to your catalog on Spotify and the song poppy and I got your heart like I actually heard that I heard Alanis in your voice and I thought (laughs) I I thought that was kind of interesting and um and Sarah McLaughlin did come to mind as well right um this pretty vulnerable voice but strong and a, a lot of imagery in your lyrics and I just thought that was interesting. So that's so that's what you listen to. Um, there was another I saw you doing I don't know if you videotaped yourself at, at a gig, but you're singing uh, Joan Osborne.
1: Oh Yes, I started right? breaking this out this year because I've had a lot of live shows this year. It's so awesome seeing the world oh, yeah. kind of reopen. And and also I had taken a bit of a break from everything for a few years. And coming back to live shows this year, I was like, okay, what do I want to share with people? And so I like to incorporate my own songs, of course, but some some throwbacks to the 90s and, and sometimes in the, the 2000s as well. So oh. One of Us, I love that song. And it. it's it's so funny because I don't know... I honestly, I don't know what inspired me to start playing that song live, but I've played it a lot lately and it's so unreal singing that song. And having a full room of people sing it with me it's kind oh, yeah. of like almost like a spiritual moment of like everyone singing that song together it's just wicked like it's oh, such yeah. a such a cool tune and and i think the messaging behind it is cool too i mean it's just kind of like a universal unifying type of song where different walks of life can can enjoy and feel like they're part of a moment so i love bringing yeah. that song out i really that's yeah, very
0: cool you do a great job so so you're you're singing and uh and then When did the performing and kind of the songwriting start happening?
1: Yeah, I I think I've always performed like since I was young, uh, like public school, I was I was performing and doing some some acting as well on stage. And then by the time I got to high school, I was ready to combine lyric writing with some melodic ideas. So I kind of just like picked up a guitar and wanted to learn some basic chords so I at least could put two and two together. And so I'd say around like 15 or 16 around the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to do my own thing. I mean, my dad was teaching a lot of students at that time as well, like doing some guitar lessons and stuff. And it just was like not my thing. I, I just really wanted to do my own thing and find my own voice and have it be just for me. And so that was a really crucial time for me to kind of dig into some of my deepest emotions. I went through a lot of that time and I was actually very private. I mean, I was a straight A student and I was pretty quiet and reserved in my classes, but like I had a lot of emotions going on. Like, and I don't think I really acknowledged that until, I mean, fairly recently, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, being, being an adult, looking back at that time. Um, my brother has special needs and and um, was in a coma as well when I was about twelve. And so there was a lot of like serious stuff that happened at that time. And being a 12 year old girl is hard enough as it is. So uh, it was a tough time. and um, I mean, I don't think it's ever easy going going through your teenage years, but I, like I had a hard time um, feeling, Like I belonged and I think music is that thing that really gave me a sense of control and power and yeah, connection. So I turned to songwriting and I listened to a lot of singer songwriters during that time as well and just got really inspired to just, I don't know, have an outlet have a healthy yeah. outlet yeah
0: yeah i think i like i like, like the way you put that and so and so you're you're writing songs and you're using that as a creative outlet there's lots of stuff going on when did you start kicking the tires on recording
1: yeah that's a really good question i mean i was self-produced for a really long time and mm-hmm. i actually i removed my my first record from from streaming just because it kind of sounds like a demo <laughs> <laughs> The the whole way through is pretty rough compared to the stuff that i've done afterwards so I mean, before I really dove into the music industry and started working with producers and hiring people and that whole mm. thing, yeah, I was self-produced and and I recorded a lot of demos, a lot of demos in high school, just on like garage band on my yeah. laptop and just really low quality things. But I experimented a lot by myself and did a lot of harmonies. And yeah, I mean, I was kind of fearless at that time, right? It didn't really matter if I had a good recording because it just wasn't applicable. Like I didn't need to have crazy good recordings in high school or even after high school. So yeah, it was around that time that I started just kind of navigating those waters and experimenting on my own and uh, wouldn't record when anyone else was home, mind you. I mean, (laughs) I wanted to, I was like, okay, parents are going away and everyone's going to the family cottage, uh, time to like record and, uh, not care about sounding bad you know yeah like I did that a lot in my teenage years and I think that was a good way for me to start and yeah yeah, I mean after high school I went to college for a quick like year program for visual art and I learned Mm -hmm. uh some graphic design and photography Mm -hmm. which I love too like I I studied visual art and I I really appreciate that side of me as well but I always feel like music is a little bit more significant to me I mean expressing myself with visual art is just it's a different outlet it's just a totally different outlet. And I feel like it's a little bit more lighthearted for me. Mm-hmm, like I don't mm-hmm. have to put my whole heart and soul into it. <laughs> and with my music, it's it's kind of my whole everything, you know, my heart and soul and my life experiences. It all just kind of comes through when I write. So yeah, after I finished that program in college, I was like, oh, I got to get back to music. Like this is just not really what I want to be doing full time. Like in terms yeah. of just graphic design or things behind a computer. So um yeah, I was like I am gonna start playing a lot of live shows I was around like 19 20 at the time and just started doing a lot of gigs in my hometown and wrote a lot of songs and made my first record with my dad like in the middle of nowhere at his friend's kind of shed (laughs) Um, which is kind of funny to think about and yeah so I pulled that I eventually pulled that stuff down from from streaming just because it doesn't really reflect the sound that I want people to hear. And and my voice was very underdeveloped and young at the time too, right? So, I mean, it has a, sp- a special place in my heart. And we had like a really cool CD release party and sold a place out. And local venues were like supporting and gave us a venue for free and uh, local restaurants catering the thing. And it was just like, it was so awesome cool. to have, like, yeah, like a hometown debut release show it was like really awesome so i'll that's never cool. forget I'll never forget that, but I mean yeah things have come a long way since then
0: <laughs> well, you know but I, I I'm sure it sounds pretty good and um but I just find it interesting like obviously people are are getting behind you and they're supporting you because they they see the talents and and they see the potential in you right and you must be you must have been receiving some very positive feedback for you to just kind of i mean it helps right to just get that yeah is it reinforces making decisions around music and saying maybe I can do something with this you know
1: oh hundred percent and that's why I'll never forget those days because having that support is crucial when you're starting out and so that's something i reflect on a lot and i hope that as my life and my career progresses that i can kind of give back to some young artists in that way because i just think it's so important like there's a lot of chaos that happens in the music industry and there's a lot of just pressure to be a certain way or sound a certain way or look a certain way and there's just like so many opinions about music and it's subjective right but I think it's so important to encourage young artists just to do what feels right to them. And I think that's what was so special about that time in my life is like, I started out doing open mic nights and then Mm -hmm. I started building a community of people that would come out every week and start to learn my songs. Like that was so cool. (laughs) That was so cool to be like a 19 or 20 year old kid, like just doing it because I love doing it. And then I started getting paid gigs and people would hire me for their private events and their charity events and like, You know, it starts to just have this snowball effect, which is really cool. And you got to start somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, people were so, so generous and so good to me. And, and they still are, but it's really cool to look back and and see that from such a young age, like from the beginning.
0: Yeah. And you seem like you're, you're, you're you're very true to yourself. Like, and I'm kind of curious, right? Because, like, you made some comments on social media. Like, you live in Alberta and it's very, you know, I lived in Alberta. So the country music scene, like, I'm just, yeah, it's huge. Yeah huge and I'm I'm kind of like interested to see like where do you fall in that because like I don't necessarily when I hear your music I think folk and pop and you know I mean that that kind of sound yeah maybe I mean I know and I know the country it's very it's a broad spectrum I get it right where do you how do you characterize your music
1: I ask myself that a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Honestly, I don't always feel like I have a place. Like I very much live in that singer songwriter realm and uh, I have so many different influences, right? So some songs may be a little bit more on the folk side. Some songs may be a little bit more on the pop side you know my current release has like a little bit of country influence like it really depends on the on the tune and it's really hard to put myself into a box and i think uh sometimes that's that's good and sometimes it's challenging because the industry is always changing and sometimes i wish there was something like a lilith fair because it's like if there was a really cool concert like that yeah. these days, like that's that's what I would want to be doing. Like that's where oh, I would yeah. want to be playing. And sometimes 100%. it's like I don't necessarily know where I fit, but I will say that I'm so blessed to be able to play to different people and different crowds, but attentive crowds. Like this year I've played a lot of festivals and I've played a lot of night markets and places where there's an interesting mix of people of, you know, different mm-hmm. ages and different just different walks of life. And I don't know how, but I've managed to find audiences that are invested and audiences that listen and care about like I said the stories and the things the jokes in between the songs and like and then people that care about the lyrics and care about the music so it's funny I mean last week I was part of this like country music competition locally and
0: yeah that's yeah that's what kind of what I was referring to actually yeah
1: Yeah. and I mean I think it's interesting to go into this because there were pros and cons to that Uh, I was asked to audition for like a local country music contest, basically. And if I wasn't asked personally to do it, I don't think I would have because it just like is off my radar. Like there's there's definitely a strong country scene here, but there's also like another pocket of artists that kind of just do their own thing. And I think I kind of fall into that. Um, Like some of my friends and some of my co-writers are a little bit more on like the rock side or the folk or blues side and they have a place here but it's not necessarily in like the country click so yeah and the worlds do collide every once in a while but in this music competition i i definitely learned a lot because i mean the audition process was good and then i made it into the semi-finals and we did a like i I brought out a three-piece band instead of just doing it solo Mm -hmm. And uh, they were, they said they were very much open to like, not just strictly country, like they were open to having folk and they were open to having other genres. And I was like, cool. So like, I'll just show up and do my thing. And like, what the hell, like I have nothing to lose. Yeah. And uh, ended up being, you know, one of the finalists out of like so many so many people that were a part of this and I was like this is crazy because I mean I don't necessarily feel like I belong in a country bar but I was just showing up and being myself and I think sometimes being different is not necessarily a bad thing like I think sometimes you can catch people's attention because there's a lot of people that are trying to sound the same and look the same and trying they're trying to really um fit into the the genre and that's not me so I was really 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 shocked to say the least to make it to the final round of this competition. Um, yeah, so I played to a new crowd and like, that was really cool. Um, and I networked and met people from the music industry on the countryside that I wouldn't have met otherwise, like people that are booking for some big festivals and, and they really appreciated my writing. And I was like, that's really cool. Um, by the end of the competition, it turned into like a little bit more of like the typical, what I was expecting it to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it wasn't like that in the early rounds, but I think by the time we got to the last round, it was like, okay, we're looking for for someone that's gonna fit the mold because the prizes were like playing a huge country festival and getting on country radio and having things pitched to country radio. So obviously, you know, by the end of the competition, it's like, okay, who's going to fit that that prize, which is clearly not me, Uh, which is totally fine. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I just think the whole realm of country music is interesting. Uh, It's a big umbrella. And I listen to Maren Morris and Casey Musgraves, and both of them are very much strong songwriters and they don't necessarily sound like country, but they're marketing well, as country. Yeah.
0: They're kind of cross. I would characterize them as crossover artists. Like they're right. And that's extremely talented, but they're pop and whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they have like, you know, probably very similar to me. they have like some folkier songs and some jazzier songs yeah. and some disco type songs. Like they don't, they don't fit into a cookie cutter one type show. And they also yeah. don't get country radio play. So I very much like follow them in a certain way because I'm like I love their songwriting and they're selling out stadiums at this point and they're doing something right I mean not everyone loves them and they don't necessarily fit the country bill in every way but it's kind of marketed as country so I this year was super curious about what would it be like if I played to a country crowd or a a more country crowd than I'm used to. And it's just been interesting navigating that world because I think when it comes to like Stampede or the CCMAs, like I was really fortunate to have my first Stampede gig and have my first CCMA showcase. And it's like, it worked because I was playing for particular crowds that were like open to singer-songwriters. But I think playing to this really intense country party bar last week, I was like, this is not my scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it gets really saturated too. Like, but I, I just, I thought your comments were interesting after, because I thought you mentioned some of it being a, maybe an outsider or something like that. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, cu- I'm curious, like a lot of people embrace that role. Like they kind of need it to fuel them on, to be, to be an outsider and to be different.
1: Yeah. I walked out of that, that finale night feeling really like I didn't fit in. And, and that was a hard, that was a hard feeling for me because I'm someone that's been doing this since I was a kid. And I don't think I've ever played in front of an audience that was so not there for music. And it's not to say they weren't there for music, but they were there to go drink and party and have fun with their friends and sing Carrie Underwood songs. And I was like, that's (laughs) not what I do. (laughs) It really made me take a step back for a couple of days. And I was like, you know, I'm so fortunate to play to people like 98% of the time that listen and listen to my lyrics but also listen to my stories in between songs and people that come up to me after the show and tell me about their life and their experiences and how they relate to me like that is such an honor for me, truly, like that is a huge part of what I do. And so that's why I'm like, kind of reflecting on that, because that's what I do with social media, too. I mean, I, I don't just want to look pretty and dance around on stage and like entertain people and have people approve of me, you know, like, yeah, I'm kind of not really here for that. I think I'm here to like, do something a little bit more meaningful. And sometimes that means that uh, not everyone's going to be on board.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I seem you strike me as a person that's kind of trying to find that deeper meaning right so it's that same thought process that you go through and you're like okay well, i'm going to add joan osborne to my set right because you're you're constantly paying attention to what people might like to hear and and, and trying to create moments for people because i mean that that's yeah. song lends itself really well to moments
1: for sure. And I also want to make sure that it's something that I enjoy because I still want it to be true to me. And I wanna be if I'm gonna do a cover, I mean I want it to do I want it to be a song that I actually
2: yeah
1: like and enjoy because it just doesn't feel true. For me yeah. it doesn't ring true for me to show up and sing a song that I really hate just because I know the audience might like it and they might like me more.
0: <laughs> what, wagon wheel?
1: You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: you know, it's just and it's so overdone. Like I I don't want to be just another person that does what everyone else does, you know. I don't I think I I'm just here for a different purpose than that. I mean, I've I've just gone through a lot of different things in my life and I've overcome a lot of obstacles and that's something that I think is important to share about not as like a attention thing and not as like a pity me thing, but as like a way to connect with so many different types of people. And I just hope that, I mean, my main thing too is just to share openly and and vulnerably with people so that they feel like they're less alone on their journey because it's like, I know what that feels like. And that's, I think that's why people resonate with what I do. I don't, I don't think it's a surface level thing. I think it's because people can actually listen to a podcast like this or they can listen to one of my songs or something that i say on social media and they can be like oh my god i really resonate with that and i was feeling really isolated in my experience and sometimes we just need more of that type of connection
0: yeah for sure and i'm curious about your songwriting process and i'm sure you've been asked this before but like so you know you you're trying to be honest and you and you want people to connect with the songs and you're trying to write about real life and so but obviously that's easier said than done so like what's your process are you uh Are you a lyrics first kind of person? You mentioned you wrote poetry when you were younger. Is it? Yeah. Like what's, what's that process like for you?
1: It kind of varies per song, to be honest, but I will say that I'm, I'm usually a lyricist first. I've always just been someone that loves working with words. And sometimes I'll just have like a line or two that really flow well together, or there's a cool rhyme, or there's something that just is profound. Like lyrics can be really, really awesome to work with. So, I mean, more often than not, I'm writing, I'm writing poetry or I'm writing lyrics but sometimes like I'll have a really cool melody idea come out of nowhere and sometimes those things come together at once like I don't know how it happens to be honest with you like sometimes I'll have like a really cool like powerful lyric and I'm like okay cool and then I pick up my guitar or like you know I'm in the shower one day or going for a walk and I just have this melody and sometimes I just like try to put it together and it somehow just becomes a song so I don't really know how it works sometimes I don't know where these things come from but uh it's cool like it's A gift it's,
0: it's a gift, right? Like I mean I I mean don't you sometimes just shake your head and go, where did where did it come from? Right? Oh yeah.
1: I mean it's not coming yeah. from it's really not. Like I really don't think it comes from overthinking I don't think it comes from forcing yourself to sit down and write like that's not when I write my best material I think sometimes you kind of have to be an open vessel for like something to move through you and it's like I don't it's not coming from me half the time (laughs) like it's really not which is a really like kind of weird thing to say but I honestly think sometimes you just need to put yourself into like an open state so that like some sort of idea can catch you and come through you and then it's gone. And that's the thing too, is if you don't capture it, it's, it's just like into the ether somewhere.
0: (laughs) Totally. And then you're like, darn it.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's always come really naturally to me for the most part. Uh, I did have like major, major writer's block for a couple of years and it's just, I think it was just a a culmination of things Uh, like just, Challenges in my personal life and professional life and things didn't go the way I thought they were going to go and just getting my first real taste of the industry and dealing with like uh, some pretty intense uh, like life situations put me in a state where I was so like just having to focus on getting through my days and trying to... (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know kind of do some healing so I I really couldn't write for a couple years and that was the first time in my entire life where I didn't have that outlet and it was like the biggest identity crisis for me because Mm It's something that I always just had as a tool. It was always just this kind of like built-in toolkit, if that makes sense, that I Mm -hmm. could always just like pull out whenever I wanted and it was always there. And sometimes it was there when I didn't want it. Like sometimes I remember writing so much and it was just coming out of me and I couldn't even turn it off. So Mm -hmm. to have a time in my life where that was just not there or it was kind of like the switch was turned off was really weird. Like it was really, really weird.
0: And then so is that what you're referring to? So the, the save myself? is that the the first that's the song after that a bit of a hiatus yeah Yeah.
1: majorly so that one was really interesting because i had the melody idea for that song a couple years ago like it was a few years before i even revisited it but the thing is i was still super blocked at that time so i had the melody idea and i had like and i had some lyrics but i i was like this is not where i want it to be so i just basically put it on the shelf and was like i'll deal with it later <laughs> yeah so um you know made the cross country move and like got to calgary and then the pandemic happens and came out here with like a pretty ambitious goal of okay let's do some some healing and some a reflection and let's do some rebuilding. And I want to get back to writing and I want to get back in the studio and I want to find a new producer. Like, that's a lot of stuff to undertake but because everything slowed down in the world I was like this is a perfect time for me to revisit this and this is a song that I feel strongly about and I really like the melody and I like where it's going but I need to approach it with like some different lyrics and I'm gonna have to relive everything I was going through in my life which is like pretty intense so Mm -hmm. I um, actually brought that song to a dear friend of mine who was a co-writer on the track and uh, you know they sat with me. During a lockdown on Zoom, like very similar to how you and I are talking right now, and we worked through it for a few days. And then I also just had to like sit in this shit (laughs) and like sit in those. (laughs) I did, like, it was hard. Mm -hmm. It, It was basically like a therapy session. Like, it was painful to have to revisit, uh, like basically a previous version of myself and everything that I had felt, and just revisit a really dark, challenging time of my life. But I was like, that's the only way we're going to get this song done. So it was kind of like pulling teeth. (laughs) Um, You know, the world was shut down and like no one had gigs and like global pandemic. I mean, what a weird time to live through. But I was like, this is this is the time to like dig into this and get this song done.
2: Been your best kept secret. You've always been my worst nightmare. Vivid stares from empty eyes, a gate you took back. I was never enough when I was trying to help. So you left me in the cold to fend for myself. All our days were destined Gotta save myself instead You're always good at escaping blame Playing people like their games Amazing how you didn't care I gave you everything I had No one even knew that I was there So let me in your bed Time again I place my face
0: I was curious, like, sorry, where did you record that?
1: So I, uh, you know, finished writing that song and then also was talking about like, okay, I got to get back into the studio and like this this is a song I probably want to record and release. So again, I mean, the world is shut down and I'm like, okay uh i don't know i was scared to even to even find a new producer and to even i didn't know how to navigate and so again like my co-writer was like kind of pushing me and was like okay well you got to find a new producer like you know you're saying you want to do this like we got to do this (laughs) so like he's like i know this person and i know that person and like but do your own research and like do your vetting and interview some some producers and like let's get the ball rolling so i did i did just that i mean there was a full circle moment though because there was a few people that were potentials. I mean, I have friends that recommended their producers and, but finding a a producer that's a good match for you is a really challenging thing. It's kind of like dating. Like it's kind of like finding someone that you want to marry. Like it's it's a really intense relationship and it needs to be, like safe because I'm bringing this vulnerable (laughs) my heart and soul you know on a platter like you have to work with someone that you really trust and also someone that can kind of understand you musically and your vision and encourage you in all the right ways so like that's that's a hard relationship to find overnight so when I first moved to Calgary I heard some recordings that I love and it just so happened to be this producer that I've had in the back of my mind and one of my friends uh had nothing but good things to say about him too so uh, you know, he got a few check marks before I even had a good, like a good conversation with him. And yeah, so we just started chatting and he has a manager. So then I had to get to know his manager. And then we had like conference calls and like trying to figure out where everyone's at and where they've been and what they're all about and heard about him, told him about my story. And I just genuinely loved his production and fell in love with it when I first got here. So like a couple of years go by and it's like, he ends up becoming my producer, which is kind of funny. Like life can kind of be full circle. That
0: way, definitely. Yeah, no, it's yeah. great. And when I heard it for the first time, it was I felt it was a little bit different than what you previously released. And then your yeah. latest release, Another Chance, is very sonic right from the start. Like it's a big, it's big sounding.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's so different. Was that,
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was going to ask you about that. So is that just a? It's a deliberate choice to to go in that direction to make it a bit bold off the start.
1: I think. Uh, it was just a natural progression because that's also another chance was the song that I wrote right after Save Myself. So after I got through all that muck and, you know, was able to kind of process and move forward from that song and put that out into the world, I wrote Another Chance. And it just seemed like a natural, just a very natural progression for me to like kind of allow myself to explore like a hopeful sound. And and I don't know, it, it just came really, really naturally to me. It came really quickly. I wrote that song pretty much in, in an afternoon. And I mean, I revisited it later to tweak some lyrics and stuff, but the base, like the core of the song just kind of, again, was one of those songs that just was like, came to me out of nowhere yeah. and just like flowed through me. And it's like, here we are. And I love that song. I'm so proud of it. I think it's probably my strongest vocal recording I think it's probably my strongest production of a song. I didn't necessarily know how it was going to come to be because at one point I was sitting with Save Myself and Another Chance, and I didn't know which one to record first. And I had to go back and forth about it for a while. But then I was like, you know, it's really not feeling right to me to come back after four or five years of not releasing anything and kind of disappearing into my own world and being like, here's another chance. Everything's great. Nothing happened. Like, yeah. Here if, I am. Yeah.
0: If, yeah. You felt maybe you, know you were I disrespecting mean? the process. Yeah, totally, you're disrespecting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I felt like it to to just be truthful about my life experiences and and what inspired the music. I was like, I gotta record "Save Myself" first because maybe it's not a upbeat, hopeful, uh, you know, <laughs> single to come back with. But I was like, but it's honest and it's it's my journey and it that's yeah. that's a huge part of my life. So I was like, I I really need to honor that and put that out first. And uh, I'm glad that I did it that way. And my producer and I basically did save myself, just him and I together. I wrote it on on guitar and he composed some like beautiful piano and strings. And I think that it really brought Mm -hmm. save myself to life. Oh yeah, and over time there were different opportunities here luckily for me like during the pandemic they had some little grants that you could uh, apply to for funding Mm -hmm. for recording and there was a contest that I won for some studio time and and they paid for the session players for another chance so like I was able to bring it to like a bigger studio and and hire a big band and like really bring the song to life um because again I just wrote it like solo acoustic and It was really awesome to like really see it through to its fullest. And
0: very cool. So that was the ACCO Energy Grant. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. So you're you're an indie artist, though, right? And uh, like I have obviously many many indie artists on the show, and it's it's a real slug in the mud financially. It can be, right? So to be able to get these grants, to be able to realize a vision, like it's tough, right? Like to maintain like a high quality recording, it costs a lot of money.
2: <laughs> so so
0: and I know an income source for indies, you know, minimal for radio play, obviously, unless it's satellite radio. Um, Yeah. Streaming is like you're better off just selling a markup baseball hat and for five bucks it's more totally 100,000 streams. So like, how do you navigate all that?
1: Yeah, I I talk about this a lot too, because I think it's important for people to uh, just be realistic about the, the cost of things. And I've had a lot of industry conversations lately about streaming and how that has impacted the, the music industry in such a negative way. Like obviously there's, there's positives too, because now we can be reaching people in totally different markets that we would never be able to reach otherwise through the internet, which is super cool. But the fact that we're not gonna recoup on recording costs is like really discouraging and it's really tough. So again, like I really was so fortunate to get like multiple grants throughout the um, pandemic, even if they weren't covering the full project, it just helps so much because yeah, I mean, I don't know if everyone realizes it if they're not in the industry, but I mean, to make a quality recording, you have to invest thousands of dollars oh. into like the pro- the production and the producer fees and then there's session players. And this isn't even paying for marketing or photography exactly. and getting your press photos done and all this radio, tra- so, I mean, radio
0: promotion radio tracking if you want to go that route exactly
1: sure. it's just yeah. like i mean people could easily drop like at least five grand on one song like that's oh, yeah. it's so it's so easy to and you know to think that people will listen to it once on spotify And be like, yeah, it's good, you (laughs) know, and to not even make like a cent back from that is tough. It's super tough. And I think
0: it's crazy. Um,
1: That's why it's so vital to be looking into opportunities locally to wherever you are, Um, songwriting contests or um, grant opportunities. It's not easy to acquire grants. Like, I don't want it to come off like, oh, it's so easy to get these things because it's not. But I apply for so many things and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm always going to get it, but it's worth taking that chance because... What do you have to lose? Really? I mean, aside from the time it takes to put an application together, it's just been so worthwhile for me because it's allowed me to release two singles this year. And that's more than I've done in four or five years you know yeah and that's yeah, it's I, made it's made possible because of grants or contests or just funding bodies that want to support local talent so I mean that's that's a game changer
0: I had um Desiree Dorian on here at the cool. us. Desiree we're talking about hustling the music industry is, is a hustle right yeah. I mean yeah you need talent and you need a high social IQ to network for sure um but you and you and you need to have your ear to the ground to know what people want to hear um but it's also just looking at this rock turning it away over oh and then moving on to the next one right so it is there is that component to it which takes up a lot of time
1: absolutely and there's a lot of highs and lows too and i try to be honest about that as well because the thing is everyone puts so much pressure on things so whether it's a release or a contest or a show Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure and everyone always has this mentality and we've been like taught this and programmed this, especially in this industry that like, this is a make it or break it. So you better like, you know, put a lot of pressure on yourself and you better show up because this is going to make or break you and your career. And what I've learned is just, it never really happens that way. Like for the most part, contests come and go. Like I've won contests and I've lost contests. It doesn't, like doesn't make me more or less worthy. And it also doesn't really make my career all of a sudden, like things don't really happen like that overnight. Like you have to be looking at this for the long haul, the long game, you know, I want to be impacting people in a positive way in the long term and sharing who I am and all these types of things and having experiences like that's what it's all about I think that's what it should be about it's just crazy to me that there's so much pressure to like be perfect or or whatever and the thing is to like the highs eventually come down <laughs> Yeah. like releasing a song comes with a lot of high vibe like high intense energy it's exciting it's, it's ex- like super exciting to share a new creation with the world and do little press tours or have a feature on a radio show or do whatever, like it's super exciting and it comes with a lot of adrenaline and it's great, but it's like, eventually it dies down yeah <laughs> yeah yep. and eventually you're back in your apartment or you're back at your hotel and you're by yourself like that's the reality is there's like yep. there's significant really high highs and there's a lot of low lows as well and I think it's just like so important to talk about that too because realistically it's not just like rock and roll all night and and party every day like it's really not it's yep. like there's a lot of downtime even for touring artists. It's like, yeah, the shows can be like super intense and high and gives you that high on life feeling. There's nothing like it. I love playing for an audience of people and connecting. It's awesome. But it's like yeah. at the end of the day, like I still am a human being with feelings and with a fan like I have family and I have friends and I um, feel human emotions and I feel highs and lows like that's the reality. And if you're trying to constantly chase the highs, it can be a really dangerous road.
0: Yeah, for sure. But you know, that said, I mean, I'm picking up on the vibe that you're getting a lot of notoriety and this new single is probably getting a lot of attention. So that's, that's reinforcing that you're making good decisions.
1: I'm super proud of it. Like I, um, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Cause I mean, I also have my moments where I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm not pushing it enough, or maybe I'm not doing this enough or not doing that enough. But it's like, I've been doing everything to the best of my ability. And Mm -hmm. you learn over time and you grow and, you implement new things and sometimes you take new risks. And I think that's vital. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I honestly like, and no, no disrespect to like my former work or, people that I used to work with either but I think I don't, don't want to be making the same music I made 10 years ago like I, I yeah. want there to be a clear evolution and I think there has been and, and I want that to continue I'm almost a little scared of what what's to come because I'm like I want to keep evolving and growing and pushing myself and sometimes I'm like oh my god I don't even know how I'm going to top this song because I love the song so much and I think I did the best work that I've done yet so I'm like I don't know how I can uh, continue to raise that bar to be honest with you like it's a lot of pressure to put on myself but but I think even with my live shows like after recording this song I've been able to just really improve on my vocal delivery and uh, feel more more confident with with my um my voice because your voice is an instrument right so if you're used to just playing it a certain way like there's nothing wrong with that but yeah I mean I really have like kind of expanded my range and I'm I'm leaning into uh, some more power there which is like a cool feeling
0: very cool so listen on the topic of like so what's happening in the future what's next for you in the next three to five months what what do you have cooking
1: oh that's a good question I mean I'm reflecting on that a lot right now just because like it's been winter here (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've had snow on the ground since late October. So, uh, you know, the winter months are a bit slow in terms of live shows for most people. I think that's fair to say. So my main goal is just to keep writing as much as possible. Like I want to challenge myself to do some more more co-writes to and work with a few different people and not be overly pressurized about it like I don't want to walk into a co-write and be like this has to be on the next EP or anything like that I mean I just kind of want to keep having real conversations with people and and write about stuff that matters to me and you know write on my own but also um just keep experimenting with some some new people and uh that's kind of my goal for the winter really because like I mean I have sporadic shows but I think the winter is a little bit more quiet So Mm -hmm. by the time I get to next year's festival season, I want to be able to play some new tunes and obviously keep releasing too and uh, plan for the next recordings, but I want to just kind of hunker down and and do some writing this winter for sure.
0: Right. Well, listen, um, it it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I I really, I really, really love your story and I I love your music. You've you've a a fan in me and we'll certainly now you're a member of the Prairie Town Basement Session family we will (laughs) promote your stuff and stuff like that. So we'll stay in touch for sure. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Of course. Thank you so much.
2: You're listening to the Prairie Town Basement Sessions, hosted by none other than Ian Krochak.
0: I'd like to thank Justine for joining me on this week's Season 3 premiere episode of the Prairie Town Basement Sessions. As you heard during the interview, she's incredibly open and honest about her journey, which I think is one of the biggest reasons why she's been so successful, so relatable, so talented. It'll be fun to see where her career takes her. If you'd like to learn more about Justine, you can check her out on all the streaming platforms, her website, which is absolutely fabulous. It lists all the concert dates and and links to songs and just social media. And of course, her social media platforms. Uh, She's in all of them. She's a very good follow. If you're ever in the Calgary area, be sure to check out one of her performances. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Thanks to all of you for joining me on today's episode, folks. This episode and others can be found on Anchor and all the major podcast streaming platforms. If you'd like more information on past and future podcasts, please also feel free to visit my Facebook and Instagram accounts under Prairie Town Basement Sessions. That's all for today, everyone. Please remember to take care of yourself and others. And until next time, my friends...